Hey, I'm Brandon. And I'm Hannah, and we're the pastors at New Community Church. Yeah, and it's our hope that this message inspires you to take your next steps in your faith journey with Jesus. Thanks for joining us today, and enjoy the message. Praise the Lord. Good morning, New Co family. How are you? Good. I'm so excited to be with you, and your Cornerstone family says... Uh, Good morning as well. Sends their love, uh, my wife Sarah. Uh, you are people that are so precious to me, and uh, it's a joy. I, I want you to know right now, and uh, I have no financial gain in saying this, uh, Pastor Hannah and Pastor Brandon are two of the best pastors I know, hands down, bar none. Can we say thank you for who they are? You're blessed to have them uh, as your pastor. And... Uh, one of my highest compliments I can tell, say to any person is this, who they are off stage is even better than who they are on stage. And I'm letting you know, and Pastor Hannah and Brandon, you've got two people, the way they live, their love for Christ, who they are, even better off stage, and they're pretty awesome on stage. So uh, Pastor Hannah and Brandon, just love you. Thank you for the privilege of being part of this moment. And you're in this series on goals and how to have he healthy relationships. And just like your uh, busted March Madness bracket uh, shows you, everybody who you had to win it is already, you're already that team's already out, right? Okay. Uh, that bracket reminds us that just because you want something doesn't mean you get something, right? That there's got to be some habits in our lives and some goals that help us to live out, prepare for, and grow into what God has planned for us. And uh, I'm going to share a really simple thought with you today, and it's almost going to seem too simple to you. And it's going to almost seem like one part of life, and I'm going to suggest this morning that it's the cheat code to pretty much all of life, that once you know Christ, and even if you don't know Christ, this is a key understanding of why he gave his life for you. But once you know, once you know Christ, that this one goal really can help you navigate anything you're facing, anything you're facing. And so uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the meme, uh, you got one job. Anybody seen that meme? You got one job, right? Well, I'm a big fan of that. And uh, it's just a reminder that sometimes the one thing we're supposed to do, we don't do very well. And uh, I, I brought a few examples of Pastor Brandon's early carpentry work to show you this. So here we go. There you go. You got one job. Just draw a straight line on the road. But somehow it doesn't happen. Here's the next one. Nothing like getting to an intersection and stepoing, right? That's very important to do. And uh, this one I think uh, I did myself at one point. Uh, just like, what, what was going on? What was going on? This is pretty obvious. And ladies, we know that the seat needs to be down in the restroom. However, this really is not going to work. <laughs> not going to work. And then finally, I think the original site for NUCO, I saw this in the parking lot. And uh, you, you had one job. And it wasn't to draw an arrow right into a, to a light post, OK? It, this whole meme is this idea that we've got, we've got one job, and it, we just need to focus on it. And we've got to be careful, because what happens? The whole meme is the idea you can get distracted and not focused, and all of a sudden, the, what you end up with is not what you planned. And I want to make a su suggestion to you, and I think there's a lot of wisdom in this, that you got one job, 
you got one goal, and that's family. Now, I know that family is a word that's very painful for some of us. So I want to stop right there, back it up a second, and tell you this, that when you come to Christ, he's got a whole new version of family for you. He's got a whole new experience for you. And the very thing that maybe has become the most painful thing in your life is something that's going to become the most healing thing in your life as you follow him. And I want to also stop right there because we're not just talking about people who are married. And we're not just talking about people who have kids. I'm going to suggest to you and show you in the scripture that family is what God wants everybody to be about. And whether that's the family you came from, whether that's your church family, a very important understanding of what church is supposed to be, whether it's the friendships and the spirit of God that's in you to love them well, I want to I wanna encourage you today, here's your cheat code. When you're not sure what to do and how to do it, you got one job, and that's family. You got one job. And I want to suggest to you that if you start there with Jesus as the center of your life, you're always going to make the right choice. I want you to think about even the Lord's Prayer that Jesus taught us. Think about uh, what that looks like. What are the very first words of the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6? Our Father who art in heaven. Do you get that the one prayer Jesus taught everybody to pray begins with, start with family. And that if you don't begin there, then everything else you're going to try to accomplish in the idea of his will being done, his kingdom coming, every time you try to work out forgiveness in your life or ask for provision and you worry about what you have, if you don't start out with the idea that he is your father, Father, that you are not alone, that you are part of a family, then everything else you're going to work out is going to be difficult. And when you get to that very point that says, lead us not into temptation, if you don't know that you've got a Father in heaven who loves you so much that he sent his who? Son, another family term, for your life to bring you back into the family he made you for, you're going to struggle with temptations and make a lot of bad choices because you're going to live, as the scripture points out a number of times, like an orphan, like someone who doesn't have someone who's watching out for him and taking care of him and, and going to be there for him and, and doesn't have to face everything alone. I want to encourage you right now that the very prayer that Jesus taught us to pray starts out with what? Our Father. Let's start with family. As we look at this, uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on all of these verses, but if you see the uh, next thing, everything God is doing is about family. Uh, you are made in his, his image. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, right? It says, let us make man in his image. Who's that image? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Sounds like what? Sounds like a lot of words that talk about family. Talk about the idea of caring together. Genesis 1.26, when he makes us male and female, and we're supposed to come together as family, be fruitful and multiply. It's this idea of family. Luke 3.22, Jesus is 
entering into ministry. He's entering into his purpose. He's entering into the thing that he's supposed to do that God created him to do. And at that baptism, the father sends forth the spirit in the form of a dove upon the son and says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. May I suggest to you this morning, if you don't if you try to attack your career, if you try to discover your purpose and you don't see yourself as a daughter of God or a son of God, you're going to miss the fullness of what God wants to do in you. Matthew 28, 19, we're supposed to go and make disciples and we're supposed to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're entering into this family that from Genesis 1 we hear about. John 13, 35, Jesus says we should love one another as he loved us. We're supposed to be family for one another. It's not just his image, it's his purpose. He's bringing us back to family. One of the most powerful parables Jesus ever tells is the parable of the lost son. And Jesus gives the disciples who are around all these religious people who want to make religion and about God, about, uh, about this series of laws and this cold, distant thing about maybe if I do the right thing, God will be nice to me because we're so distant, there's no connection. And, and Jesus says, no, if you want to think about God, think about a father who wants you back home because that's how he feels about you. If you look at Romans 1.3, it talks about how God, uh, through the family line of David, brings the Messiah. Ephesians 2.19 tells us that you are no longer foreigners, but you are members of God's household. You're part of his family. And Revelations 19.7 says, when this is all over and Christ returns and we go to be with the Lord, we're going to have something called the marriage Supper of the Lamb. We're about to have the most incredible wedding reception you've ever experienced in your life because family has finally come together. Just like when you celebrate those weddings and that man and that woman are, are becoming family. It's his image, it's his purpose, and man, it's his method because Psalm 68.6 tells us that God places the lonely in family. That's his answer. John 3.16, for God the Father loved the world so much he sent his son. We live in this world that thinks there are all these incredible answers, and it's beautiful, the brilliance that God can give us. And I'm going to tell you it's not that complicated. When you're hurting, when you're not sure what to do, the answer is family. That's why church is so important. That's why it's not like anything else in this universe. It's the family of God that brings all the grace of God to the people of God so they can live out the purpose of God. Romans 8.15, we'll look at that in a second, talks about the Holy Spirit, gives us a spirit of family. Ephesians 1.5 says that we are no longer orphans, but we've been predestined to be adopted. One of the key terms about our Christian salvation experience that we almost never hear anything about is that in Christ, you and I are adopted into his family. 
And as the truth of adoption goes, it wasn't plan B, it was plan A because Christ was slain from the foundation of the world, meaning God's plan to use Jesus to build his family was always plan A. Always plan A. If you look at Romans 8, 14 and 15, it says, for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons or daughters of God. But you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons or daughters by whom we cry what? Abba, Father, the Hebrew for daddy. The idea that the very, the opposite of a spirit of fear is the spirit of family. And I want to suggest to you today, if you're struggling with fear in your life, if you can't get over how afraid you are of something, then what you're missing is the gift of God's family. And not just people around you, but the very spirit inside of you that says, Romans 8.31, if God is for me, if my dad is for me, who's going to be against me? That there is, there's a father in heaven who Romans 8.32 says, if God did not spare his own son but gave him up for our own, how much along with his son will he not give us all things? Come on, you got a dad that loves you. And when that happens, no matter what anybody else is saying, no matter the circumstance, the giants you're facing, no matter, man, fear not. Dad's on your side. I'm letting you know right now, it all begins and ends with family. And so that's why we're going to say again and again this morning, if you'll take care of your one job, God will take care of everything else. And when you're in that place where you're struggling, you're feeling like you are just, you're just not, you're in a broken place and you don't know where to go, I'm going to remind you, you got one job. Get back to family. Get back to the heart of the God that loves you and the purpose that he created for and the method in which he changes you. It's family. And as Matthew 6, tells us, if you'll seek first the kingdom of God, and may I be bold enough to say, if you'll seek the family of God, all these other things will be added unto you. So let me give you three really practical ways to live out this idea of going after this one goal. I'm going to live as family. And every goal has some things you can do, but every one of these threes is about a way to think. Because how we think is how we end up doing things. And I want to suggest these three to you right now. We'll go one at a time. I want to suggest to you, if you want to live in the goal of family, you need to start thinking we, not me. You need to start thinking as, not or. And you need to start thinking lead, not leftovers. And we're going to start with this first one, we, not me. We live in such an individualistic life. And we really have been, even in our Christian culture, at our churches, we've been tempted to emphasize only the individual nature, the personal. God is my personal Lord and Savior. He loves me. Is that wrong? No, it's not. But is that the whole story? No, there's not just me, there's we. And I want to share how this concept changed my life. 
we're going to show a picture of my family about 20 years ago. And this is a picture of my wife and my three girls. And at this point, I'm a youth pastor for about uh, seven years. And I'm doing what pastors should do. I, there's a day I'm praying at my church altar at Cornerstone, and it's a Tuesday. And I'm praying, not because I have to, not because something's coming up. I'm praying because I want to know more of God. And I'm at the altar, and I'm spending some time saying, God, use my life. God, do something. God, I want to serve you more. God, I want to be what you want me to be. God, use my life. And God literally just, hey, Sean, could you be quiet for a second? Yeah, yeah, God. Oh, man, he's heard me. He's heard the prayer. I've been praying everybody. God, you know how true I am. And here's what God tells me. Remember it like, like it was yesterday. Hey, Sean, you keep asking me to use your life. Yet about 10 years ago, you asked me to make you one with Sarah. You asked me to form an us, but all you do is pray about you. Sean, you pray like you're single, but you live like you're married. How about instead of saying, God, use me, how about start praying, God, use us? How about being someone who lives in the reality of how I've made you? There was a day before where you said, Lord, would you make us one? And I did that for you. But you keep praying and thinking like you're by yourself. And Sean, that's why you can't go any further. That's why this is as good as it gets. As sincere as you are, this is as good as it gets. Because you're forgetting your one goal. And I tell you what, man, I like to refer, that, refer to that as, in a good theological language as a good spanking from God. All right, I got a good spank. We went to the woodshed, and he said, straighten up, son. And when that happened, I realized how wrong I was. And I began to repent. I said, Lord, please. And, and, and I said, Lord, what should I do? And, and it was very simple. It's like, well, Sean, Sarah always supports your vision and your ministry, but what about hers? It's like, well, her ministry is to be with us. We love doing this together. It's like, yeah, that's good. But, but come on, what else has your wife been talking about? And my wife, uh, she, her schooling is a social worker, and she always had a heart for adoption. And uh, she would talk about it every once in a while, and she'd ask me about this idea of adoption. I'd be like, you know, hon, I just, I think adoption is great for, for, for people who have that much money, but I don't think that's what we should do, right? And, and, and we'd talk about, and she'd kind of just pray and leave it to herself. It's just, it'd be like, all right, Lord, I'm going to leave it in your hands, and and that day when I prayed and God said, stop praying like you're single and start praying like you're married, start praying we instead of me, I said, all right, I'm going to get serious about investing in the vision of my wife. And uh, she was having this intercessor. She was an intercessor for a uh, missionary in Romania who took care of abandoned children in state-run hospitals. And for our 10th anniversary, instead of going to Hawaii or going someplace really nice and touristy, we were in, we were in Romania taking care of uh, abandoned children in state hospitals for 10 days. And that's all we did for 10 days. 
And by the time we finished that, even though I had be- three beautiful girls already in my life, I said, hey, I get it now. Half of what I was created for, I can only find, hun, as we follow your vision. And it was about two years later that this guy came into our lives. This is the first picture we ever got of my son, Caleb. And uh, if you look to the next slides there, our lives have never, ever been the same. Uh, This picture down here is the first time my family was all in the same room together. And I can't tell you the joy that was never, I want you to hear this, was never on my radar until I started recognizing that my relationship with the Lord wasn't my relationship with the Lord. It was our relationship with the Lord. Uh, That's my wife. And uh, I said, Caleb, he's a lot bigger now. Uh, This is always a great picture. This was a Halloween where we went out and hung out, and Caleb decided to dress like an old person and took all the clothes out of my closet, uh, which uh, (laughs) made me feel really good about my wardrobe. And uh, we went to, uh, we'd go around to houses, and she was a nurse, and he'd go get some candy. And then we had this little shtick we did where if you wanted more candy, you'd start acting like he was having a heart attack. And she'd be like, he needs more candy, stat, right? And they're like, they just get, and it worked, man. He was, he had so much candy. It was amazing. Um, here's some other pictures, a uh, more recent one of the uh, siblings together, and Caleb and I, one of the things we love to share is soccer, and uh, I want you to hear, I want you to feel it this morning. There's a we that unlocks everything God has for you, and I'm telling you now that I would have missed it if I would have kept praying about me. Second one coming up, um, if you'll, so if you'll take care of one job. Second thought is this right here, as not or. It's the next slide there. Oh, by the way, yeah, one more, please. Go one more for me. That's why new community exists. Because Brandon and Hannah prayed about who was their family. They saw all of you. And Brandon and Hannah, man, we've been we've been family for a really long time. And uh, there was the one day I finally got my wardrobe right and dressed like Brandon on a Sunday morning. <laughs> Uh, there's Brandon and Hannah who were, uh, I was privileged to have lead uh, my daughter uh, in the wedding ceremony. And there's an inside joke about a gold frame in there uh, that we had in just our time together. And I was telling Hannah just before this service, in my Bible, I've got the margin Bible and I, I take extra notes, you know, and I, I write down moments of our lives that we pray for. And right in my margin, yesterday, we're in prayer at the church and I flip a page. And I see June 6, 2019. Today, Brandon and Hannah told Sarah and I that they feel called to Glen Allen and are asking for our blessing to plant the church. I remember those days like it was yesterday. And my word to Brandon and Hannah was this. Brandon and Hannah, you have served so faithfully over so many years to make our family what it is. It's only right that our family now helps you become everything you're supposed to be. You don't just have my blessing. You've got everything we own. Who we are is for you. When my daughters and my sons say, I think I'm going to go to this college and go to that that career or that study, 
we say, all right, if that's, if that's a dream God has in you, then everything we've got is going to make that happen. Because that's the heart of God. That's what he did for you and I when he saw us lost and he said, I'm going to send my very best for you. He sent his son. This next, we, not me, but also this one, as, not, or. What do I mean by that? This world is giving you a false dichotomy. It's telling you to process in a way that is not biblical. And what is that false dichotomy? It's this. It's either work or family. Work or family. Can't have both. Can't have it both well. What are you going to do? Work or family. And let me tell you what. The Bible has no such concept in it. The Bible has the concept work as family. And if you'll take those two letters and switch them in your thought process, you'll do everything right. You'll work as family. And if your work doesn't work for your family, that does not work. And then you'll start to seek the Lord about the changes over long term. You'll take your time. You'll do things in wisdom. But you're going to, God has a plan for your career that you work as a family, not in spite of it, not other than it. And I want to tell you there's some really easy ways to do this. If you ever email me, here's my email. Here's a signature on my email. Sean Franco, grateful follower of Jesus, husband, dad, and lead pastor. And it's in that order. Can I tell you, you need more pictures of your family at your workplace. You need to talk about them more. You need to mention them more. You are the one responsible to not let anybody in your workplace talk to you and not look at you as part of a family. That's your job. And as you do that, I'm telling you what, you will be fruitful, you'll multiply, and God will bless your work because it's work as family. Now, my particular context as a pastor, right? So I get to do this this way in my world, but I tell everybody who comes to my church, man, I love you. I'm honored to be your pastor. I am happy to give you my time. I will not give you my family's time because it's not mine to give. That's their time. I'll give you my time. I want you to give you their time, not my time. And all of us in this room, we're going to have seasons that are pushed. We're going to have seasons where we come together and say, hey, this is going to be a pretty intense season at work. That's fine. And then as a family, we say yes and move through that. But I don't, I don't have a life of ministry or family or work family. My life is work as family. And I'm letting you know right now it works. And then the last one, here we go. Not just we, not me, as, not or, but here's the last one. Lead, not leftovers. What do I mean? You and I, we've all, no matter what our career is, we have the temptation to work really hard at work and then give leftovers to our family. And it occurred to me, I'm going to give you a goal I have, and I'm letting you know right now I can't hit it, but I, I literally strive for this, and it's this. I want to plan for my family as much as I plan for work. Do you know what you got to do in your workplace in the next month? Do you know what your work needs? Do you know, Summer, what some goals are, some annual things you're working to? You know, I know right now what I'm doing at our church this summer. The question I've got to ask myself is, do I know what I'm doing with my family this summer? 
Have I thought through that? In our world, it occurred to me early on that for most of the, uh, most of the year, everybody else was telling my kids what to read. And then we had the tradition that every summer, we're going to read a book together as a family. And we're going to talk about the things that I think are important, that I think God wants us to be about, things about where my kids are at. And man, none of us have some kind of doctorate in parenting or things like that. But that doesn't mean we can't be thinking about it, anticipating. Uh, one of my goals when my kids became teenagers, first of all, we love teenagers. We don't do that, uh, oh my gosh, they're a teenager now. This is gonna, no, 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 we're, we're like, we're all about teenagers. So when our child turns 13, we go on a big weekend, whether we got the money or not. And we take some time and celebrate. And we talk about these years and what they're going to be and how excited we are and privileged to do this with them. Our goal, our goal in our family is nobody texts my kids more than me. Now, I had three teenage daughters. Are you even... There's even concept of what I'm signing up for, but I'm like, no, when my child picks up the phone, they're going to think dad's probably the one on the end of the text because they're part of a family, and they always are no matter what they do. I want to encourage you, be a leader at home. You don't got to be an expert. It may not be your strongest suit. It's like, ah, oh, relationship or this. I mean, that's all right. God has a great way of using five loaves and two fish, doesn't he? Can I get an amen for that? He has a way, just take five loaves, two fish. And as this next uh, slide says, uh, the thing we're supposed to do, just listen to it. This is what, in the middle of a nation that was supposed to know God well and figure out war and politics and all that, here's the one thing they, they prayed every day. They recited this verse every day in their home. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today, what are you going to do with them? They're to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. We always talk about having resilient kids, kids that succeed, how they overcome the world. First John 5 tells us this. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And as you look at this summary slide right here, you got one job, everybody. You got family. We, not me. As, not or. Lead, not leftovers. Can I tell you one more thing? Don't ever sing about the cross and not think about this. There's a father in heaven who is perfect and whole in who he already was and said, I'm like the father waiting for a prodigal to come home. I want you in my family. God himself, this is all good, but I still need you. And if you feel like you're walking alone, if you feel like you're struggling with fear and anxiety about what tomorrow is, you are not an orphan. You got a father in heaven who loves you. He's on the job. And he just happens to know everybody. He just happens to have everything you need. Don't look at the cross and not look at family. 
he said, in everything we're supposed to do, we have the spirit of God in us that cries out, Abba, Father. We don't work in this world except by family. That's why the law, that's why grace is there because we don't earn family. You don't earn God's forgiveness. You just receive it. And then what do you do with the rest of your time? You work as family. You just do what God called you to do. You share it. You welcome other people into it. You let other people know they don't have to be alone. That's why salvation is by grace and by faith. It's not by the law. Your father did everything for you. You're in the family. Now what you do, why do you do good things? Why do you serve? Because your work is family. Man, aren't you, aren't you blessed that God gave us his best and not his leftovers? Didn't he have the right at every turn of the story in the Bible to say, All right, I created you. I gave you the choice. I gave you the law. I gave you away. I just, and you know what God kept doing? Giving us his best. And not only did he give it in his son, but when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, remember that Romans 8, 15? The spirit of God comes in you. And you're not just thinking about family. The very spirit of who you are is family. And he will guide you grow you and bless you. And so I just want to take a moment. Uh, I think Pastor Brandon's going to come up. I want to take a moment to pray over you and ask you. I'm going to ask God to make it real clear what your one job in life is. Single, senior, student, husband, wife, mom, dad. You got one job, everybody. It's family. Let's pray. God, I think we feel that very presence of our Father in heaven today. You love us. And uh, as we come to this moment, I pray for those who've been struggling with fear and anxiety, feeling like they're alone. Oh, Lord, open their eyes today. You're with them. They're not an orphan. They're not on the outside. They just need to see the work of Christ say, Jesus, I choose I choose to believe in you, the one who brings me back to the place I'm always supposed to be. And Lord, I'm praying for people with career decisions, work decisions right now. God, I'm going to make that workplace my family. I'm going to love them right. I'm going to make those neighbors someone that you want to bring home. Lord, bless. Bless our eyes to see like family. Bless our ears to hear like family. Bless our minds to think like family. Bless our hearts to long for family. And you, who began a good work in us, will be faithful to complete it. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey with Jesus. Yeah, and we'd love to connect with you further. And the best way to do that is at our website, thenewcommunity.church, where you can connect to our small groups, find other resources, and even give to the work God's doing through New Community.